Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Markets this edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire would like to give all the loyal listeners a, f- a free pair of deerskin work gloves. If you want some of those, send an email to marketing at axontire.com and you will be sure to get those passed out to you. Also, Axon is doing a great thing right now where they are going and uh, giving $50 off the registration for the 2023 Moving Iron Summit for the first 150 people. So if you want to get that, uh, make sure you send an email to me at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I will make sure to get that associated with your registration. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment. Sales data, TractorZoom has iron, is iron, sorry, TractorZoom's iron comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctional pricing insights. And lastly, this podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transfer how you work today. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. It's nice enough to come on and talk about what's going on in the marketplace. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good from the big city, New York City. I'm here. That's where I'm at today. All right. Yeah. You're a, you're a start spreading the news, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're growing a lot of corn here in downtown Manhattan. A lot of corn. Yeah, I saw that. They had looked like they had a bumper crop down there. And uh, what's that? Uh, yeah, they they had, they had they had two cobs versus one, so they doubled their doubled the production. For production, so. <laughs> right. and that'll feed everybody too. So that's it'll feed the whole the whole place. No, yeah, no problem. But it's good to go. So yeah, no no worries there. <laughs> good deal. So you up there doing uh, giving one of your speeches? Yep, there's a big investor conference today. Uh, about commodities in general, but you know, the one aspect is the is agriculture. So they hired me to come and 
you know, talk about all these different cycles and, you know, they've never been exposed to it before. So it's always fun to bring orbital theory to climate change to someone who's never seen it before. Right. When you give those speeches, what's the, uh, what's the percentage of the crowd that's, that's like, Oh yes, I know exactly what Sean's talking about. What do you think that is? I I think, I think probably 30% of the people like kind of get it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think three quarters of people, you know, say, you know, I knew, I knew a a few of these things, but I just didn't know, like, I didn't have the whole connectivity thing to make it, but I, but I knew about the center. I knew, you know, they, they know certain things. So they kind of inherently know that it, it it makes sense. There's a cycle and weather's like a cycle and everything. Um, But, um, and then of course, 25%, you know, uh, you know, they, they either think, uh, you know, you've lost it or, uh, or they just, you know, they just don't have a, a basis for uh right for getting there yet that's all yeah so. i can i can see that part i see that yeah. part a lot when i watch you speak and i look around the crowd and some guys oh yeah write notes down there really exactly what you're saying you know they, they get they've got a third of it and you're giving the other two thirds that kind of makes sense and then and you know and some people they don't really you know they just want to know tell me the result all right it's going to be drought it's going to be floods it's going to be extreme cold you know Love all you know. Some people want all those details. They just want to know what the end result is. And I do that at the end. I do say, "Here's for for those who just want the big picture. Here's the big picture." So you know, whatever you're looking for, it's there. But I but but I do want everyone to realize to understand that the stuff that I talk about, which is a little different, there is tremendous uh, data and research behind it. It's not something that is uh, you know just made up or pulled out of a hat. I mean, there there is a, a body of evidence that supports you know all this. Uh, cycle work and sun solar cycle work and sea surface temperature work that we to go over that there's a there's a, there's a there's lots and lots and lots of super smart people that have researched this before me that came up with all these um all these interesting trends and all i've done is just bring it together you know working models so people can use it that's all a lot of crazy stuff going on in the marketplace right now sean you take a look what's going on especially with the stuff that's happening in uh just around the world as a whole if you look at stuff that like Russia, for example, has talked about that. You know, they're they haven't decided whether they're going to extend the export deal yet or not with um, with Ukraine. I think they have till the nineteenth, if I remember right. The nineteenth is the deadline to do that. Um, with the issues they've seen here, um, with naval warfare that they've seen here of late uh, in in the Black Sea, um, those tensions are higher now than they've been in the past. Looking that over, um, what's your what's your What's your reaction to that, Sean, as you take a look at that? I mean, I, to me, I don't see – I mean, there's some strategic advantage to it. I get that, but there's a lot more. For Russia, it's there's hard, a lot less strategic stuff there. Yeah, it's hard to know what's really going on because they you know, they came out of the weekend saying that they're not going to support the, the remaining part of the grain deal. Then Erdogan right. spoke with them yesterday, and, he's, and they agreed that they're back supporting the grain corridor deal now. So, you know, so we took off and then got crushed. Very, very hard to understand what's rhetoric and what's really, really going on behind the scenes. Um, somehow, you know, Erdogan seems to get Russia to do to keep the, the 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 grain belt open. I'm not sure what that is or how he's doing it or why he's doing it or why Russia is doing it. But um, you know, as of right now, you know, Russia now came back and said they'll support the grain corridor deal for now. You know, subject to change. The only thing I I can't I have no idea what's going to happen with all that. All I try to tell my customers is whenever you see these geopolitical things 
create some increase, you know, a substantial increase in the price of wheat or corn. I just think you just have to be a cash seller if you need to be. Um, we, we, we've put them, you know, we've been trading this geopolitical now since February. They put it on, they take it off, they put it on, they take it off, they put it on, they take it off. Um, and I don't know how to, you know, what's the next semi going to be? I don't really know. I just think you just have to say there's no clarity. Um, but there are periodic windows of opportunity where the price does give a producer a good, a good chance to sell. And until there's some clear direction that is definitely on forever or it's definitely off forever, I think you just have to, to trade the news. I think that's all you, I mean, hedge the news. That's how you can, yeah. how I'm playing it right now. Cause right now, who knows? It's just, it's on again. It's off again. It's kind of a, it's kind of a rope of dope. I call it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with Ukraine, I mean, they're coming to the table saying we're not, we're not doing anything. So anything different than what we've been doing, we've made our commitments. This is what we're going to do. And we aren't making any further concessions at all. So yeah. uh very, very turmoil, turmoil, uh, tumultuous problem over there man I can't talk this morning um going on over there right now lots of things um hanging in in the limbs there that's going to be uh it's just a never-ending we've talked about that it's just this is going to be an ongoing thing it's just not going to be a, a hard stop ever it's going to be an ongoing thing for a long time all right so when you told me you're going to go talk to some investors it made me think of uh trading spaces and at the end there when they're trading orange juice to uh to take advantage of the of the situation there and turn the tables on on the two fellows there. Speaking of orange juice, so you, if you look at what's going on right now with the orange juice, we had hurricane come through. The biggest part of the of the orange juice belt there in Florida got hit by that hurricane. Uh, Ian as it ran through, we saw a bunch of you know movement in the marketplace all over the place. Now we're about you know two months past that. Sean, how's the orange juice market rebounded uh, around around that the hurricane? And the damage that was done there. Well, we have had a, we had a big surge, as we would you would expect, and it's been holding up at these higher levels. Um, and it, I think the market is just waiting for those first Brazilian new supplies to come uh, and hit the U.S. market. And once that happens, I think the market will quickly um, reprice downward. Um, you know, U.S. demand for orange juice is down in excess of ten percent year over year. So you can only grow, you can only decline ten percent for so long before supply catches up pretty fast. So I, I think it's a market that, um, you know, justified to go higher. Um, there was some, obviously a lot of fruit drop and a lot of supply was taken off the market, at least from Florida production. But I think at this, you know, $2 plus level, um, I just don't think it's sustainable, um, with that kind of demand loss. So was the, uh, was the damage as bad as what the initial uh, thought was? Um, you know, I, I, the problem with not the problem, but the issue with this hurricane, it was not so much the wind. It was just that the flooding was the, the flooding was the one that nailed it this time because, uh, um, you know, the, the storm really weakened considerably as it got into the heart of the, of the, uh, orange juice belt. So it was a little harder to assess total loss fruit drop and total loss fruit. But when I think it's all said and done, I don't think this loss here was any, different than we've seen in past hurricanes it was it just it just took a little longer to um you know to get one's hands around it because you had to wait for the flood waters to recede to really see what was left on the trees um and uh and i think that's also why the market is 
held up here longer because it's just taken longer to get to the answer of exactly how much proof drop there was. But overall, I think it was pretty consistent with past hurricanes that we've seen in the past. You know, something like down 20 or 30% fruit drop, you know, lost mm -hmm. fruit for, for orange juice production in that realm. The only difference is we produce a lot less orange juice today from Florida than we did, let's say, 10 years ago. Um, okay. So the impact, while significant as a, on a percentage basis, on the actual amount of orange juice lost, it's, it's a lot less because we don't produce as much. We had citrus greening. You know, we had all kinds of problems that have you know, really reduced the... Um, production out of florida here over the last 10 15 20 years right on. all right so sean you put out a report this morning came out um talking about some stuff there and and right now you're kind of taking an overall look at at the overall market and bodies as a whole you're uh moving towards the bearish side which you you've hinted towards that as as time gone along now and you're being more uh solid in your in your uh thought process there so talk about that a little bit sean what what you see there well you know federal reserve meeting came out yesterday and you know, yeah. The markets had been rallying for uh, you know three or four days prior to that, thinking there was going to be some you know magic word that says he's done, and kind of didn't really say that. He did seventy five basis points, and he said, you know, we're going to kind of stay strong for long, and and we, you know, and so I, the market just didn't get the message that they were really done. And you know, remember that the, there's a lag of three to six months between when interest rates go up and when there's an effect on the economy to interest rates. Well, they've done four months in a row of 75 basis points or 3% up. We haven't even gotten the reaction to the economy yet on the first one. So, you know, when you're looking at what looks to me like we could be hitting a brick wall um, for the for economic, for the economy here as we get to the end of the year, and beyond, you know, it's going to be pretty difficult to get commodities going unless you are really, you know, you're going to have to get some way of getting a supply problem to get the market to override, you know, this worry over demand. And it's a very legitimate worry, Casey. I mean, it's, we just really haven't seen this kind of, uh, of uh, strong action by the Federal Reserve this fast, this quick since Paul Volcker. It's really, uh, you know, it's kind of uncharted territories in, um, in the post Greenspan world. And, uh, and I think the market keeps misdiagnosing that, you know, we're so used to all oh, they're going to do for a little while and they're done. And he just doesn't seem like he's ready to stop yet. So, so when I look at that, look at today, the dollar up, you know, a dollar and a half on the dollar up today, you yeah. know, precious metals getting crushed, you know, commodities overall in the red, you just, it's a, it's a tough environment. Casey. And like I said, unless you have lightning in a bottle, you know, very severe drought in a key area, don't get me wrong. If weather's bad enough, it will override it. But if you don't have that, prices are going to work lower right now because of it. So, yeah. When you're, um, when you're looking at, you know, exports and those kind of things with the dollar the way, is, the way it is right now, um, you can, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on that, you know, we just report came out this morning about Australia and the range that they're getting there and how much damage is done to the wheat that they see there. And then what was going on in Brazil as far as logistics go and those kind of things. How do you think the U.S. stacks up export wise now with everything that's going on um, in the world right now, as far as getting grain moved from one point to another? Well, it's always you go look at the relative price. You look at the price, the U.S. price relative to the farm price in constant dollar terms us dollar terms and when you look at that we're per, we're you know we're not the cheapest price in the world meaning we're not competitive because this dollar keeps 
pricing us out of the market. Doesn't mean people won't buy from us, but they're just, you know, there's there are better offers elsewhere right now because of this strong dollar. Um, because in the local currencies in these other countries, the prices are much higher because their currencies are devaluing, which means their local price is going up. Um, just to give an example, the Vietnamese currencies called the Dong, you know, entered a free fall here over the last couple of weeks. So the price of coffee in Vietnam, the number one producer of Robusta coffee, surged in Vietnam price. And that led to you know say massive uh, cash selling by producers there, which then crushed the Robusta market, which then in the arbitrage to the New York Arabica market, you know, crushed the coffee market. So, so this strong dollar has a lot of tentacles to it that bring cash selling out in foreign countries who are seeing really exciting prices in their currency, even though we're not seeing it here because we're the one that has a strong dollar and we're the one that gets the price beaten down in U.S. dollars. So, so while we may not like the price, it doesn't mean a Vietnam producer doesn't say, wow, look at that price. That's, that's going to feed my family for a year, you know? And so that's what we have to keep in mind. And that, that makes it very difficult for us to compete. Um, you know, when the dollar remains as strong or, or keeps rising at the, at the rapid pace that it has. So, um, you know, my overall view with the dollar is that I do think we're getting set up for a bearish trend later on next year, but you know, we're not quite there yet. We need the fed to kind of finish off what they want to do here. Looks to me from what he said, unless there's some crisis that develops beforehand, I don't think they're going to be done with their um, interest rate monetary tightening program until the first quarter. That's the point with which the dollar can probably start to turn down. So it's going to be pretty tough to get exports going. Like I said, absent some kind of a serious weather problem that brings buyers in because they have no choice, you know? Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of how I was reading between the lines too yesterday when that report came out. You know, it's, we're going to do this three quarter percent now, probably going to do a half in December and probably going to look at something maybe in January, but then February, March, April timeframe, we're going to catch our breath there a minute and then reassess where we're at and start making decisions if, if we need to pivot and what that looks like. Yeah. So. Cause remember pivoting, pivoting to pivoting to stopping isn't really going to get the markets excited. I mean, that that's better than raising rates further, but if they just stop and say, we're going to keep rates at, whatever they keep them at, at a higher level, you know, that's still not a bullish picture. In order to really get the markets going, you need to start printing money and lowering rates. So there's two pivots. The pivot, the first pivot is when do they stop raising rates and pulling liquidity? And then when do they actually start printing money and lowering interest rates? I think the first pivot takes pressure off downside objectives, but I don't think it creates the reason for the markets to rally. Um, the second phase I'll, you know, provides the inflationary backward for the markets to rally. So I kind of see the, see this in kind of two phases. Um, and then, of course, you you layer Mother Nature underneath it. That's going to make it even more bearish or less bearish based upon whether being bullish or bearish, depending on how things play out in the regions that you're in. So that's the way it kind of looks to me. But I this thing between now, you know, end of this month, even into December, it just, it just looks to me like unless there's a crazy crisis that develops out of nowhere, you know, it's going to be tough to get markets rallying here, um, and you know, unless Mother Nature really kicks in. Now, Mother Nature starts to become more important in South America in December. We are hinting or alerting our customers that um, the drought in Argentina, you know, could become a big enough of an issue um, to override some of this a little bit. So we're kind of thinking 
correction into Thanksgiving. And if this drought trend in Argentina carries over in December, and we think that it will do that before it breaks, um, you know, we might get some kind of a snapback weather rally, some opportunity for the markets to override the bearish Federal Reserve action. And there might be a cash selling opportunity at that point. But between now and the end of the month, hard for me to see anything to change um, you know, from what we know today to change the change the bearish trend. So, yep. Right on. Well, good stuff as usual, Sean. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have lots of information to talk about our weather algorithm, capital flows algorithm, some of our agronomy work that we do to help that, that helps us make our price forks to see if what we do might be a value to your listeners. Right on, man. You're on market to market this week too, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I, I fly out for first flight out tomorrow morning from New York to Des Moines and I'll be on the show tomorrow, you know, late tomorrow afternoon. That's correct. Well, good thing about leaving New York to Des Moines, you're going to feel like you're in the exact same place when you get off the plane. So you'll, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be amazing. So <laughs> it'll be, consi- it's warm here in New York. It's like 70 degrees. It's crazy warm, yeah, but there it, you go. it'll be 35 when I get to Des Moines. So I'll have to, uh, you know, button myself up a little bit. Mm. So man, that Florida, that Florida park is going to have to come out pretty quick, huh? Real quick, real quick. <laughs> No Lay more, up, no, son. No, more pa- no more palm trees for me. So <laughs> right on. Well, Sean, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks, Casey. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron uh podcast YouTube channel, which you can find the video version of this podcast there. Uh, more information about anything Moving Iron related, go to movingironllc.com and you can get that there. Remember, Moving Iron Summit uh, is coming up here in September 11th through the 13th of 2023. I uh, have some some news coming out about some speakers and stuff here soon about that. And uh, make sure you take advantage of the Axon Tire $50 uh, rebate on your uh, registration fee with that. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Sean Hackett. It's going to be smart, folks. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardware.